You are listening to Heavenly Warriors, the podcast for anyone who wants to learn the deeper, supernatural truths not taught in most mainstream churches. Your hosts are best-selling author and guests on shows like The History Channel and Coast to Coast AM, Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh, and me, a former atheist cop turned exorcist and author. This podcast is brought to you by my newest book, Boxing Blindfolded with Demons, which can be found at rickbellwriting.com, R-I-C-K-B-E-L-L-W-R-I-T-I-N-G.com, and by Dr. Joy Jeffrey Pugh's newest book, Beastmark, which you can find at drjoy.com, that's D-R-J-O-Y-E.com. Whether you believe in the devil and demons or not doesn't matter to them. In fact, demons prefer you don't believe, so you'll never know what's hitting you when they attack. The truth is, we have invisible enemies who want to rob us, attack our families with sickness and addictions, and cause us to struggle financially. We want to help you become a stronger and smarter heavenly warrior. Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh, I have missed you. We had to miss the last couple of weeks because of scheduling conflicts and things that always come up, but it's so nice to see your smiling face. I get to see you while we're doing these uh, these podcasts, these broadcasts. We don't broadcast the uh, the actual video because neither one of us wants to, uh, you know, get, as they call, camera ready, where we have to have, be dressed up and have our hair fixed to look good on camera. We just put a ball cap on and because it's just you and I. But it's nice to see your smiling face. It's, it's such a... Um, it, it's comforting to know that there's someone else. You know, the Bible says that we are a peculiar and odd people. And as the time goes on in these days that we're in, these obviously last days, you start to realize how truly peculiar you really are if you're following the Lord and you're trying to do what he's called you to do, told you to do, and you're seeing all the stuff around you that's kind of going crazy. You start feeling like, really alone in a lot of things. It doesn't matter how many uh, friends or Christians you have around you. That, that's nice and all. But there are very few people, and I think you will agree with this, who literally what I call walk out, wade out into the deep water of this stuff. Most of the Christian friends we know, they're, they're satisfied to stay in, as I call, the ankle-deep water. You know, when you go to the beach, you can walk around in the ankle-deep water and kind of get a feeling for the ocean, but you don't know about the ocean until you get out deeper, waist-deep, chest-deep. That's the deeper things of God that I, that I speak about. And most of my friends, anyway, uh, they tend to like to stay in the shallow side of the, of the beach and not get into the deeper stuff. But God calls some of us to get out in that deep water. And you know when you're out there sometimes, you're going to have to tread. You're going to have to fight to stay above water. It's not that easy when the waves are coming and things are crashing. Those waves don't affect you up near the shore. They can kind of break against your ankles or whatever. It doesn't affect you. But when you're out in 8, 10 feet of water off the coast, you are fighting to stay up above the water. And it feels that way so much of the time. And I know 
it does for you also. Would you agree with that statement, Dr. Joy? <laughs> I would, Rick. I miss getting to see you too. It's kind of like a smiling face that I look forward to seeing on Wednesdays when we do this podcast and, and record it. So it's, it's pretty uh, amazing to me, just like you've said, that each of us have been called and chosen to a greater purpose. I mean, everyone in this world has been told in Scripture that you are supposed to be a watchman on the wall and that you are supposed to be out there in uh, the world attempting to bring the trueness and the uh, truth about what Jesus Christ did upon this earth and why we are really here. But it's like there are people who are called to that higher calling. Everybody is chosen, but there are people who are called to a higher calling. And once that happens to you in your life, it does change you. It, and it does do exactly what you're saying. You will feel alone in a crowd. Everybody around you will be a little bit different than where you have been called to, to be. And especially someone like myself who is a woman called into type of ministry because ministry for women for so, so many years and years, women were not considered uh, to be in ministerial kinds of positions. Uh, unfortunately, that is something that we can look at Scripture and know that God did use women all through the uh, the Bible, and especially Jesus in his own ministry. And then after Jesus was gone, Paul and, and Phoebe and some of the other people that were u- utilized in the promotion of what Scripture is all about, as well as the women who were there at the cross. I mean, that were there when the worst was going on, when the men went and hid. The women were there at the, at the base of the cross. So when we look at this, uh, especially in my life, because I am a woman, there's many times that I am put down because I do what I believe God called me to do. And so I have to sometimes uh, encounter people who do not like the fact that a woman is really trying to explain and teach to them what Scripture has said. God called me to do that. He called me to do it at an early age. He called you to do what you have done. And, and when you feel that calling upon you, If you don't do what God calls you to do, you will never be happy. You will be miserably walking around uh, trying to find out what is it that God wants you to do. I mean, every one of us is a body of Christ. And the entire body requires that some have to be eyes, some have to be ears, some people have to be a mouth, some people have to be strong, some people have to be resilient, some people have to be weak. I mean, there's different things that people are called to be in this in this world. And once you really open up to God and accept the calling, He lets you know exactly what His expectations are. And it is a higher calling because... In a room where people are laughing, and let's just say talking, telling jokes or whatever, where if those jokes get a little colored, mm-hmm. and and they're offbeat from what I know Scripture tells you not to be engaging in, right. then I have to be on my P's and Q's that, first of all, I really don't need to let that enter into my own ears. Yes. And, the, and the work that I've done now through Beastmark, uh, End of Days, my latest book, tells us that the frequency of terrible words and terrible visions, even bad jokes, ugly, dirty jokes, anything that maybe when I was not called to do what I'm called when I was younger may not have affected me to think, well, it's okay to listen to somebody laughing and telling a joke like that. Yes. Today, and where I am in the ministry that God's called me to do, and I now know from a researcher that that is all so bad. 
Yes. You know, I'm not one, if I hear rap music that's got all these ugly words, if I hear a song, and there's plenty of songs out there that I remember even back in the 60s and 70s that they were starting to use, you know, what I call bad word, bad mm-hmm. word here and there. And, and it was always amazing to me that the song would have been better had they not even used that word. No need to use it, yeah. So even if I'm in, let's just say in the car, and one of those particular songs come on, and I know that word's coming up, yeah. I'm, I'm going to literally try to shut that word out or turn the station so I don't hear that song. And the song may be a song that's great yes. until it gets to that word. But I know now that these words, these frequencies, have demonic attachments. 100% yes. And they are hurting you when you don't realize it's hurting you. So, yes, you and I cannot walk into a crowd and feel the same relaxed, laid back. You know, people can be having several drinks. People can be doing things that, you know, everybody, the whole crowd's doing. I mean, nobody's getting rowdy. Nobody's doing anything stupid. Nobody's doing. But they're still engaging in activities that I have a problem with participating in myself because I feel that that's not right, that God did not call me to do those kinds of things. So many times, you know, I can have a good time, but I'm still alone in the call that God has called on me. And unless you're there like you are, you can't get what we're talking about. And so I want people to know, don't be afraid. If God calls you to do that, he calls you to that higher walk, accept it and go forward. You'll never regret it because it's not like you feel ostracized. No, it's by a promotion. It's a promotion. It's a promotion. You're but coming with up. it comes a lot of oh, yes. attack. Responsibility and attack. Because and it tells us in Scripture that, you know, even if you preach the Word or whatever, you're held to a higher standard. Yeah. So if you accept the calling, then you've got to be able to take on the cross of much more. It's like the smarter you get, the harder it is. I mean, even King Solomon said, with more wisdom comes great sadness. Yes. Because yes. you know more, you, you, you see it for what it is, and if you don't know it, then it doesn't affect you. But when you know it, then you have to you have to be aware of it. And we were talking before we went on just about the season of Christmas and knowing that many Christian churches, like we grew up in, yeah. celebrate Jesus' birthday on December the 25th, sing the songs about it the whole nine yards. And, and it's hard for me because I know, just like you know, Rick, he wasn't born on that date. And no. so am I going to participate? Am I not going to say anything? Am I just going to go along with the crowd? That's when we feel that there's this higher calling and that we need to expound on the truth and not participate in man's traditions. Yes, and sometimes with that, you you have to withdraw. There's a time when the Lord tells you, shake the dust from your feet Pray no more for this people. And you have to have wisdom in this walk, in this ministry, because you can cast your pearls before swine, and they will trample you. And you have to learn through discernment when to say something and when to politely step away and bow out so that you can live to fight another day. And the statement you're making about you see people living their life and doing their thing, and, and I'll just use this as an example. You're not trying to be a prude 
or a party pooper or a, what I used to call a church lady. You remember the old, I think yes. it was Saturday Night Live. They had a character yes. called the church lady. <laughs> and she, you know, she had a little arm bag and the, the horn rim glasses. And, and she was what the stereotypical church lady you could imagine who would, uh, you know, castigate you for any perceived thing that she didn't agree with. All right, church lady. We're not being that. As you learn more about how the vibrational spirit world works, you start to understand that the words that are said, curse words, have a, a meaning. That's why the Bible says don't, don't use those words. There, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. No, words can destroy you. They have right. destroyed many people. Words said by their parents or other people in authority over them have destroyed them, and they've lived their lives trying to fix that. I'm one of those people who words said caused me great pain. And in, in my book, Boxing Blindfolded with Demons, you read about that, how that affected me. We're not trying to be party poopers and not want someone to have a good time. Let me talk about alcohol, just, just alcohol. Now, I grew up... <laughs> I had two parents who adopted me. My, I was given up for adoption at birth, and the parents who adopted me were functional alcoholics. I call them functional because they owned a business and they worked and they held their job, but they would be drunk. They would get off at 5 o'clock, and every day by 5.30, they would be pretty drunk, and they would be that way until they passed out. And that was five days a week, and then on the weekends, they would start drinking in the morning and drink until they passed out later that night. This was my life. Oh, so I grew up around alcohol. I had my first beer when I think I was 15 years old. I was playing in a band, uh, you know, because I was a talented young musician. I played with a band of older musicians, and they took me to a dance hall in Longview, Texas. I'll never forget. It was called the Rio Palm Isle Ballroom. And some of you familiar with East Texas, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. It was a very famous big ballroom, kind of like Gillies Club in Pasadena, Texas. It's huge. They took me there, and they wanted to buy me a beer. Aren't my, I'd grown up around alcohol, but I never had a desire to drink it uh, because my parents did, <laughs> did all of that for us. So they decided to get a pitcher of beer. Now, in Texas, they sell pitchers by the uh, beer by the pitcher. You don't just get a, a, a glass of beer. You get a pitcher of beer, and then you pour, you know, into your mug. Well, they got me a pitcher of beer, and I don't know how many pitchers of beer I had that night at 15 years old. But the only thing I remember was being in the bathroom of a Denny's restaurant because they were open 24 hours. And I was in the bathroom on the floor hugging that Denny's commode, throwing up because I'd had so many pitchers of beer. The next memory I had was they dumped me out in my front yard. It was about 4 o'clock in the morning. And they just dumped me out. My friends, my band, they weren't about to take me inside because to face the wrath of my dad, who, of course... Probably he had already passed out drunk, but I didn't want to face him if I was drunk. So that was my first introduction to alcohol. And after that, it was kind of okay for me to, to drink, and I would get to where I would have drinks with my friends. Never cared much about drugs. I just didn't want drugs. And a lot of my musician friends did, but I didn't. So I was okay with alcohol for most of my life. But something started to change in the last, I don't know, few years. I started to see 
something about it. And I did, I'm not never been a heavy drinker. I thank God I'm not a drinker. I didn't inherit that alcoholic thing curse from my adoptive parents because they didn't have any blood connection to me. So I didn't inherit that. So I never really care. I could take or leave drinking. But the Lord started showing me things when I was called reluctantly into the deliverance ministry in 2012. One of the things the Lord instructed me, he said, you're going to have to learn how this spirit world works, how the demonic world works. And I want you to watch and study every psychic, every soothsayer, everyone you can find. They have all these television shows now on haunted this, haunted that. Amen. Watch those shows. They will give you clues. Demon, let me tell you this. Demons will reveal to you how they operate if you just keep them talking long enough. They're kind of like a suspect when I was a police officer and we would interrogate suspects. If you keep them talking long enough, they're going to start spilling their guts. They, will, they can't help themselves. Demons, if you let them talk, will tell you how it really works. So the Lord instructed me to listen to these people. Don't do what the church world tells you. Oh, don't ever listen to that. No, you need to listen, so you need to know what your enemy's doing. Don't believe what they're saying, and don't base your decisions and your life on what they're saying, but listen to the enemy. It's called gathering intelligence. I heard a, a psychic <laughs> say, uh, I would listen to certain psychics on YouTube. They would have channels, and if you listen to them, they will reveal to you how the demonic world works. They know they operate in it. And one of the, the psychics that I listened to uh, quite often and learned a lot from her, she didn't understand she was espousing Christian things. She thought she was just you know, doing psychic work. One thing she said jumped out at me. She said, the worst thing you can do is drink alcohol or take any kind of drugs Amen. because it opens, this is her talking, it opens a demonic portal for you. When you, why do you think people change when they drink alcohol? Why does their personality become more fun? Because their inhibitions are going down and other spirits are taking over. Why do you think they call alcohol spirits? It's because that is taking part of you over. And I learned from this psychic, she said, oh, worse than alcohol is marijuana. She said it's one of the worst gateways you can do. Whenever you smoke pot, you're opening yourself up to demonic oppression, infestation, attachments. And that is why we, we do all of these shows that we do, is to try to warn you and tell you how this thing really works. Not from some Derek Prince book we read. This is from experience that I've lived through this stuff. I've researched it. I've seen it. I've cast demons out of people and seen them do all of these crazy things. And what we're telling you is any kind of substance that you're taking is opening up a portal. If you think you can drink and your personality doesn't change, videotape yourself. And Amen. you'll see it, it, it lowers everything about you and the demons have an open door to come in. That being said, the music you listen to, the we were speaking before we went on air, the the movies that you watch, the deeper you get, the deeper out into the water of this Jesus stuff you get, the Holy Spirit stuff, movies that you used to be able to watch that didn't bother you, they're going to offend you. You're not going to 
be able to sit through them. You just won't be able to do it. Is that because you've become some church lady? No, no. It's because your spirit man is offended by what they're saying, what they're doing, the plot, whatever it is. The, the deeper you get into the water with God, the more you're going to exclusively crave and want God things, the things of God, his word, his teachings. You will be, find yourself looking up 60- and 70-year-old uh, ministry videos on YouTube of people like John G. Lake and, and all of the old great uh, 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 um, apostles of days gone by, the evangelists. You'll listen to that. You'll be hungry for that stuff. The things of the world will lose their luster for you. And this, if this is happening to you, it's because you're being promoted. God is trying to call you up. We're in an emergency situation. The day and age we live in, we're in deep trouble. We're in deep trouble as a country, as a world. Each one individually, if you're listening to this, and it's because you want to get out in the deep water. If not, you will have already turned this podcast off, this broadcast. You will have already paused it or gone to something else. If this isn't hitting a nerve with you, if it is, it's because God is doing something. He's trying to show you something. Personally, we get on here and we expose who we really are. This is not a beauty pageant where Dr. Joy and I try to make you uh, believe we're so super spiritual and, and we've got it all going on. And boy, look at these books we've written and, you know, this is, we get on here and the Bible says, confess your sins one to another. There's a reason for that. Because if I'm struggling with something, I can guarantee you someone who's listening to this is also struggling with it. I have been under attack like I have never experienced in all of my 40-something years of being a spirit-filled, born-again, tongue-talking, you know, demon-casting-out deliverance ministry Christian there is something that has increased in the atmosphere, in the demonic realm, to where I'm feeling the, the word that Dr. Joy and I were speaking about before we went on was lethargic. It's like a spirit of lethargy. We have plenty of work to do and things to do, but when you are literally paralyzed with a type of depression, and I'm the deliverance guy talking about this stuff, I know this is a spirit that is so heavy. It's never been this heavy ever in a society that, that I've known. And Dr. Joy has shared the same, the same sorts of things with me in a different way. Dr. Joy, speak about that for a minute to help someone who may be going through this heaviness and the things that we're fighting through right now. Well, I think like uh, you mentioned that there is something that's really happening because I've been on several podcasts with people who are very spirit-filled ministers in in their own rights, and they're feeling the same oppressiveness. Uh, It's one of those things where it's very hard to explain, but there is this uh, putting off and just wanting to maybe sit, and almost like you're in a little bit of a stupor, stupor. And many times I'll just say, Joy, get up and stop procrastinating. It's something like, why am I not going ahead and taking care of this? But I do believe that our world is being inundated. I mean, our music, our TV, uh, podcast, everywhere you turn, words 
are making a difference. Music is making a difference. And the increase in that from when, like I mentioned, when I was young, and there may be a word here and there in songs, you've got words that are literally filled with filth and, and evil that are playing every day on radio stations across this planet. And that is an electromagnetic wave that's in our atmosphere, that's literally encamping itself in our atmosphere. And when you do this research, like I've just done with this Be Smart book, you find out that there is a vibrational behavior of our own personal DNA. In other words, our DNA, they are resonant structures that actually possess linguistic patterns of language and the vibrational frequencies that respond to light and these various radio waves that are in they're all over the planet now i mean this is being broadcast whether it's podcast you're listening to radio waves through fm am cirrus whatever we are being inundated with words with vibration yes. with music and so if you understand what science and what I've exposed, that language and music are, are a part of our very genes. So from what I'm trying to say is that in my research, I can tell you that music and words will actually activate different parts of your brain re regions. And at the level of hertz, they can affect beta, theta, alpha, yeah, yes. and they yes. can affect the actual brain waves. And if, then if you study, what do those brain waves do? Well, some of them make you tired. Some of them will put you to sleep. Yep. Some of them will excite you and, and get you into a frenzy. So when you stop and think, you're adding that all the time. Technology is everywhere. That's something that years ago was not on this planet like it is now. Cell phone, everything is affected by electromagnetic waves. Mm -hmm. And as we have added that to our environment, we cannot, unless you sit somewhere in the woods, somewhere way out, away from anybody, and not listen to any anybody or hear terrible words, you really are being bombarded by something with the TV running in another room, right. listening to music, listening to people's conversations. I mean, literally, it is a major problem. And, you know, we have to stop and think. The way that creation came into being was that God spoke it into existence. Scripture tells us. It didn't take something and make something from something. In other mm. words, when we make something, we've got to have the material to make whatever we make. God created everything we see out of vibration, out That's of right. sound. That's right. And then you look at, well, let's look at Satan. And, and you know, where he's told that he had certain things about him. He actually had three of the four main musical instruments that were a part of him because it says that, you know, that he had like a wind instrument, he had pipes, and then he had something like strings and a percussion. But the thing that Satan didn't have, and I've always said, if you look in Scripture, Satan was, was always missing some bricks. He was never enough to be what God was. He wanted right. people to believe, and he wanted angels, and he took a third of them out of heaven because they did follow him with his lies. But he's missing a brick. Or he's missing an instrument. And one of the, the main things when you look at that, it's the thing that the horn, that God never gave Satan the horn as one of his instruments. The horn belongs mm. to our father. 
And when you think about that, the trumpets and the trumpet sounds at the end of days, you know, the trumpet is going to blow. It's like, you know, Satan doesn't know certain things. And, And many times people don't understand that they have a prayer language. And we're not talking about standing up in church and delivering um, words that nobody knows. Somebody stands up and they actually tell the congregation, this is what you said. Okay, that's a whole different Different thing. Different thing, speaking in tongues. But a prayer language also has a similarity of what that would be. And it is usually words that you have no idea right. what it means. And mm-hmm. it's only when you go into your personal prayer closet and you allow the Holy Spirit to grieve and groan within yes. you that you will find that these these sounds, yep. sometimes it's just groaning. That's right. These sounds will come out of you that, that will literally give you chill bumps. Many times you'll cry, you'll weep yes. if you're not really understanding it. Yes. But it is your spirit, soul, literally having a conversation with our Father. God language. Heaven. It's God language. It's, it's God language. And the reason God gave it to us is because Satan doesn't know yes. what's That's been right. said. Right. That's right. And so it, it is so important that people spend time Alone in there, in a prayer closet, it can be in your car going to work. Yes. It can be in there where you. It's on my dinner. bicycle. It's, I'm on my bicycle. That's my prayer closet. That's right. It can be wherever that you that you can speak out and groan in your spirit and give this this feeling that maybe the depression or the anxiety, the oppression that you're getting from your environment, that you can literally have a moment. And I will tell you this: that when you get finished with one of those little sessions. With God, you will feel an energy that mm-hmm. you did not feel before you went in there. But you don't really know what you said in that. But your refreshment is beyond words. And and so if God gave us that, he knows that Satan has the other instruments, which we hear played all over the world every, every day, music and sound. And so he, he developed within us an ability to communicate with him and for him to communicate with us one day when those trumpets blow because Satan can't control the trumpet sound. He has no control over that sound that God has and God's word. That's why when he comes, when God comes back, when Jesus comes back at the second coming, every knee's going to bow. Everybody's going to bow to him because they will know beyond a shot of a doubt it is the return. And so I, I just, I know, like you mentioned, so many times people think, you know, that the little saying that words will never hurt me. I'm going to tell you from my research, mm-hmm. your words that you allow out of your mouth, if you speak profanity, you are hurting yourself, you're hurting That's the people right. around you. Right. And if you're listening to all of that, if you're talking to your children and those negative behaviors, you are literally, and it says, that, that your tongue is a sword that can kill. Mm-hmm. You are literally killing people with your bad words. And if, and if you're singing it, you're killing them with your songs. Yes. You're putting, you're putting yourself in alignment with the destructive forces that will destroy your life. Here's a perfect example. Uh, I, you know, my background, I was an athlete, a professional athlete for many years of my life. I was a boxer, a kickboxer. 
I retired from that in uh, when I was 34 years old. Um, I retired from the ring, and I wanted another sport. So I always loved cycling, bicycling. So I got involved in long distance, and when I say long distance, uh, 60, 70, 80 miles, 100 miles on a bike ride, and started competing in that. And then something called triathlons, uh, I got involved with that, where you swim for a, a distance, and you run for a distance, and you cycle for a distance. And I did that, and I was very involved and just loved doing that. Then my career took more of a sedentary, uh, probably in my late 40s, when I got a desk job. I stayed active in all, all that through my 40s. I was a, a really good fast bike racer, really in shape because of the years I spent as a boxer. I had great lung capacity because you run every day when you're a boxer. And I, had, I, I did great. But then, you know, 50 years old came around. I was sitting behind a desk looking at computers like I'm doing right now with you for 8, 10, 12 hours a day. Little by little, the weight started coming on because, you know, you when you're an athlete, you eat like an athlete, when you stop being an athlete, you still eat like an athlete because that's how your body is conditioned to store as much calories and fat as it can get because when you're going out doing endurance cycling, you're going to burn it all. Well, when you stop doing endurance cycling, your body is programmed to still hold on to that and get as many calories as it can. So the weight crept on and crept on and crept on. I had a physical uh, for a a life insurance policy that is renewing because I had a birthday, September the 11th, my birthday. And I, uh, September 1st, they did a physical they had to do. And it was just basically sign the papers. And, you know, my insurance agent, I've had him for 20 years. And he said, oh, it's no problem. We'll get you all done. Come to find out that physical came back and I'm very healthy. I don't take any medication, never have. And the person who did the uh, thing said at your age, which is a little over 60, said that, it's amazing you don't you're the only man I've ever done the physical on who takes no medication, is healthy as a horse. And I said, you know, Dustin patting myself on the back saying, Yeah, I'm in good shape. Well, guess what? My results came back from the test, and my insurance agent called me and said, Rick, I got bad news. I said, well, What could that be? You know, he said, Well, your A1C is elevated. I said, What's A1C? He said, well, that's the thing that ind indicates diabetes. Your blood sugar's too high. I said, well, what do you mean too high? How much too high? He said, a whole lot too high. He said, they're not going to insure you. I said, what? Now, Joy, this was a shock to me. Uh. So they sent me the results, and I looked at them, and my insurance agent said, you probably need to go to your doctor because it looks like you're basically diabetic. I said, what? I, fli I flipped out. I said, what in the world have I done to myself? I told him, I said, I will take this test again. Give me six months and I will be a new man because I know how to do it. I just haven't done it because I have, here's the, here's the lesson in this. I had aligned myself with a way of life and a way of living, I tend to work late. You know, I'm an entertainer, and I'm getting getting off work at 10 o'clock at night. Well, I would go and have a, a cheeseburger and some fries because I'm starving when I get off work. Guess what? I aligned myself with that, and it put me into basically a pre-diabetic state. Now, when I hung the phone up with my insurance agent, 
I said, Lord, I'm going to need you on this one. I went and dug my running shoes out, put them on, went for a walk, nearly killed me. I was huffing, puffing, panting. I said, in the name of Jesus, I'm not eating another spoonful of sugar for the rest of my days. No more Cokes, Dr. Peppers, no more sweets, no more. I mean, I went on keto. I knew about keto because I'd done it before and lost a bunch of, bunch of weight. 80 pounds I'd lost before COVID hit. Then COVID hit and it all came back. Plus, since then, I've been getting up every morning because when you get, it's called fat adapted. When you're no longer living on carbohydrates, but your body is using its own fat, it's eating its own fat. It's called fat adapted. You wake up early with energy. So I've been getting up at 4 30 in the morning for the last three months. That was September is when that happened, and now it's we're going into December. And I, I will go and walk three miles. Now I've started running the three miles. And I got back on my bicycle, of which I have, you know, a two dozen of them. I collect bicycles through the years. And I've got all of them sitting there collecting dust in my garage. I said, oh, no, no, Lord, you gave me these bicycles. I'm picking out one of them right now, cleaning it off and getting on it. Started riding 30, you know, 40 miles a day with it. Now, I'm saying all this. I'm not, you know, bragging on doing this. I'm telling you I had to realign myself with the life, the health that I wanted or I could go ahead and go into full-blown diabetes and look forward to getting my feet cut off. I'm kind of fond of my feet. I like them. I like to walk on them. I don't want them cutting them off. So I decided right then I was going to pay the price. It was painful. It's painful when you go into that transition. But I made my mind up to realign the very thing we're talking about now spiritually. I'm giving you a a physical uh, scenario. True that I'm in it right now. I'm running. I signed up for my first 5K this Saturday morning. I've, I've been training for that. I'll go and do it simply because you have to realign. If you want different results, you've got to do some different things in your life. Now, once I realigned myself, it's easy. It's no longer hard. I don't crave carbohydrates. I don't crave sugars because I realign my body. It is the exact same thing spiritually when you decide. When you decide you're going to realign yourself to get with God's way and on his vibration, you're going to face some heavy resistance at the beginning like I did. When you were as heavy as I was, and by the way, I'm down nearly 60 pounds since that day, six zero. But when you're as heavy as I was and you go out to start that, oh, it's painful. (laughs) Everything. Every 10 steps, you're like, oh, I've got some new pain I never experienced. I developed sciatica in my back, hello, which never. Listen, I was a, an athlete. I laughed at people who said they had, you know, kind of injuries or pain. Oh, I've got them now. But you press through that and you pay that price. And then after a while, not immediately, because the devil won't let you have it immediately. He's going to fight you. But if you'll press, you will realign yourself with where you need to be spiritually. And that's what we're, we're doing. That's the purpose of all of these broadcasts is to help you get realigned vibrationally. Dr. Joy's book that she wrote is so perfectly timely for this day and age beast, Mark, because it's all about what the Lord told me about two years ago. 
all this thing is about. The Lord spoke to me. Yeah, he speaks to us. If you've got to learn to hear his voice, the Bible says, my sheep know my voice and will follow no other. So if you train yourself to hear the voice of God, he spoke to me and said, and I didn't know what this meant. This is a couple of years ago. He said, it's all about vibration. <laughs> it's everything is vibrational. The word, there's a reason I ask you to pray. It's not so I can just hear you do it. It's so you can realign yourself vibrationally with the heavenly realm and pull yourself out of the hell realm of their vibration. Everything's vibrational. I didn't even know what that meant. He would say things to me that now I understand, but then I didn't get it. And then I ran across Dr. Joy and I thought, good Lord, this woman gets it. She, I, I never heard anyone. I thought I was the only nutcase. Do you know I was in, embarrassed to share this with other Christians? Because I thought they would think, you're a kooky. You've lost your mind. And then I heard Dr. Joy, and I said, whoa, 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 what is that? They think she was on Johnny Batiste thing the first time I heard her. I don't even know where it was. And I said, that, that lady's got it going on. She knows, she knows this stuff because she was talking like no one else talked. <laughs> and I know she paid a price to be able to have those. She researched it all, but you know, the church world doesn't embrace these things. It only wants the cotton candy, the feel good, your best life now kind of stuff. But we're called to be out in the deep water, okay? And it's tough out in the deep water. When you're in the ankle deep, it's all good because you can play and splash around and have fun. When you get out into the deeper stuff, you got to tread water and learn to keep yourself afloat, and it's going to take some work to do it. So I said all that about my story with you know the, the ketosis and, and the weight loss to tell you I, had, I have to, and it's not a, a one-time thing. In other words, if I do it until this Saturday, I go run my 5K. Oh, good, got that behind me. And then I go back to living like I was. They're going to be amputating my feet or whatever at some point because of diabetes. I, 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 that's not going to happen. I have completely reversed the A1C because you can do that. If you cut the carbs out, your whole blood sugar thing gets reversed. And I've done that. But it's not about the physical. Now, God wants us to have a physical, healthy body because we can't minister if we're sick and broke. All right. So he wants us to, to be, have enough of that resource going on. But it's really about the spiritual realignment, and you you have to change some things around. I had to change my whole diet. I had to change my whole lifestyle. I had to stop eating when I was getting off when I was starving. In fact, the regimen I'm on now, and I'll never be off of it for the rest of my life, I eat one meal a day. It's called OMAD, one meal a day. It's a fasting for 23 hours, and you have one hour to eat every day. I don't get hungry. In fact, your hunger goes away. If you can ever get yourself on one meal a day, cut out breakfast, cut out lunch or dinner or whatever, but have one meal. Now, at that meal, you can eat pretty much what you want, but only one meal a day. See, your body was, was built to fast. God intended us to be fasting. That's why he talks about fasting. When you fast, so it's a good thing for us. Satan's taken that all out of our realm because that's a dirty word, fasting. But I'm telling you, it's a realignment, and you can do it physically, but more importantly, you need to do it spiritually so that you line up 
with the heavenly vibration. It's all vibration, as Dr. Joy says in her great book, Be Smart, which, by the way, go ahead and get that. Dr. Joy, what would you say to our listeners about realigning themselves vibrationally? Well, like I said earlier, and just like what you're you know, explaining with a true case situation, it's that when you get involved with God, you've got to make certain changes. And sometimes it's not the easiest because being able to stop eating and, and eating the things that are so good, it's, it, it's like I've always said, it'd be nice if the things that we need for our bodies tasted good and the things that are bad for our body tasted bad. But right. what, did, what what happened is Satan makes all these extra things, GMO things, all yes. kinds of things. The doctors, you know, up things for our, our body that we can assimilate that God never intended for us to be eating. And, and so, um, if you don't make that change, you have to be, you have to be a warrior and you have to stand strong and you have to be able to have an internal fortitude. And the thing about it, it's not only but music, but words, it's talking yourself, it's the positive attitude. Those things can break those strongholds that are really surround us every day. And I think about, you know, um, King David, before he became King David, we are told in Scripture that he understood the power of just anointed music. And he would take his harp and play music in the presence of King Saul. And I had found a scripture that I want to read. It's 1 Samuel 16, 23. It says, And so it was, whenever the Spirit from God was upon Saul, that David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. I think this is something that I had never really paid attention to like needs to be paid attention to. And that is the fact that we are told three things in that scripture. Saul became refreshed. Saul was made well. But more importantly, those things happened because the evil spirit departed. Yes. And, you know, I think that's the thing that we haven't been paying attention or I don't think I've been paying attention, that in Scripture, over and over, when there was healing being done, it would say the spirit of infirmity would be lifted. It's actually saying spirit, but the problem is we have not in our churches explained these demonic spirits. It's almost like people don't believe that they're real, but yet Scripture is telling you over and over and over again that the evil spirit It's departing. The evil spirit itself is actually departing. So I think about how many times I've probably read that scripture and did not pay attention. I realized that the the heart music had made a difference in uh, the situation quite clearly that he was able to play the harp, that it did soothe King Saul. It refreshed him and it also healed him. But it's like whenever the Spirit from God was upon Saul. And then it was almost like the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit, which is telling us the Holy Spirit, that when he would take the harp and play it with his hand, that King, you know, David would do that, that that's when Saul became refreshed. It's telling you that we need to have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Presence. And when 
that was there, then, you know, King Saul would be rejuvenated and that he would get well from his infirmity. But at the same time, the distressing spirit would depart from him. And I think there's where scripture, some people say, well, I don't believe in demons and I don't believe in this and I don't believe in that. Well, hey, they There's believe, they right believe in you that, and you may not believe in them, but they believe in you. Exactly. So if you, if you want to understand how serious this is, just take your Bible or just Google every time that anything of evil spirit is mentioned in scripture. And you're going to find out that casting out those things or getting rid of those things or causing them to depart, they depart because of the Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus. That's why Scripture says you pray to Father God in the name of Jesus to get rid of those spirits of whatever, infirmity or whatever. But the thing is that you have to become a new creature. In other words, once, once King Saul was delivered from his illness and evil spirit, which he clearly was because Scripture says he was, when he reverted back, went to the witch indoor, got involved with the, the cult again, trying to do something and, and bring up, conjure up a spirit, then he literally reverted back. He, he, he backslid, and a lot of people don't believe in backsliding, but he did. Of course he did. And once, <laughs> once you ever get away from, let's say, drinking yeah. or overeating or whatever, if you establish that boundary— and you remove those oppressing spirits, if you go back to drinking, smoking, That's right. cocaine, whatever, Worse than ever. they bring seven more with them. That's right. And every time you try to stop it and you go back to it, seven more and seven more. I mean, it's, that explains to you when you read in Scripture that when Jesus came upon the man that was in the cemetery— clawing himself yep. and doing whatever and when he con when jesus confronted him and asked you know what his name was he said legion we are many he had two thousand of these mm -hmm. oppressing at least at least legion. spirits connected right. to him so it's not like it's not real and i think that's the thing rick is that i know that god has brought you and i together because we understand that this is spirit related Yep. And unless you can get it in your brain that every day these things are looking at you, they are watching you, they know where to actually oppress you. But then if you open up, like you mentioned, if you open yourself up to things like marijuana right. and people say, oh, it doesn't bother me. It does. You yes, don't it think does. it does. It's just like you said. If you don't believe it, you tape yourself while you're under it. Mm -hmm. If you're drunk and you don't think you're whatever, mm -hmm. if you take high-level pain mm -hmm. medicine and yep. you think oh, none of that is affecting you, <laughs> I yes, ask you yeah. to put a video camera in your room mm -hmm. and you video camera yourself because what you're going to see is slowed, That's right. strange conversation, right. sleepiness, all the things that allow evil spirits to manifest yep. and possess. Yep. And oppress even worse. Come into your and, life. And we are, I think that we're living in a time, like I'm saying, we are so inundated with all this music and all this negative talk and false information. It's filling our airways. Yep. And it has an effect. And it's affecting even us who are trying to it stay is. pure in our thoughts. That's right. The atmosphere, we feel it. It's is right. oppressive. And those of you listening, you know what we're talking about. You're feeling it too. I have a question for our listeners. What do you think the Lord meant when he said, 
my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Now, let's, let's, let's dissect that. My people, what does that mean? Well, that's his people, his followers, Christians, not the world. He didn't say the world perishes for lack. He said, my people, that's us, perish for a lack of knowledge. What kind of knowledge do you think he's talking about? Now, we already know about Jesus because right. we're his people. We already know about all that. We've already accepted that. What kind of knowledge could he possibly be talking about? I submit to you that he's talking about spiritual warfare. That's Amen. what his people don't know about. They already know about him. We already have all that knowledge pouring out of the church. But it's not about spiritual warfare. That's where we perish. And I'm here to encourage you, dig in to the spiritual things let God take you out into the deeper water. Listen to these broadcasts. We're going to do our best to share things with you that can help you. And again, this is not theory. This is not something I cooked up in a dream last night after eating a large pepperoni pizza and having a nightmare. This is stuff we've lived through. God's given us this in the trenches, and it's, it's going to prove to be exactly what the Lord has said it is. You know, let every man be a lie, but the Lord is, is uh, established in the truth because he is the truth, the way and the lie. So we encourage you as we sign off of this broadcast to continue to, to, to get out into the deeper things of God. Seek him, search him. If you don't know some of the things we're talking about, if you don't have a prayer language, ask the Lord to give it to you. Say, God, I, I want it. Let, let any man who lacks wisdom ask for it. Just petition the Lord, and he will give you these things. Don't judge it. Don't sit there and try to figure out, well, how do I do this? What words do I speak? Do I start speaking baby language? What do I do? Let the Holy Spirit lead you, and even if it's a groaning, even if your first thing that, here's how you'll know it's the Holy Spirit. It's not coming from you. It's not coming from your mind. It's coming from someplace inside you that you are totally incoherent of. You're not thinking of anything else. It's just coming out of you, and this will happen. The Bible says in the last days, he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. We're in the last days, and when the uh, spirit of, of the devil is poured out, then the Lord says he will raise up a standard against that. So darkness is being poured out everywhere in the land right now, but this is a standard for us to raise up. And just know that if you're struggling, if you're fighting off depression, hey, we are too. We're in the same heaviness, the same... We don't live in some bubble, some Holy Spirit bubble where everything is coming up roses and sugar plums and all that. We have the same struggles, if not some worse struggles than some of you. But we're in the deep water. We're soldiers. We're warriors, as Dr. Joyce said, and we're called to do this. And we're going to do it, as Paul said, we're going to fight the, the, as good a fight as we can fight. We want to, at the end of this thing, say, I fought the good fight and I finished the race. I'm, I'm going to go do that race Saturday morning. All I want to do is finish it. Listen, I don't care how fast I am. All I want to do, my goal is to not walk one step of that race. I want to run it, and I will. Three, uh, 5K, 3.2 miles. I will run every step because I want to finish the race. It's just symbolic for me. It's those little victories that you'll do that you will learn to take control of your life and the things the devil will try to defeat you with. 
Look for the little victories. He'll bless you in that. And with that, I'm going to sign off. Dr. Joy, would you like to give us the last word? Yes, just always remember, like what we've talked about today, that there are demons, evil spirits, unclean spirits, prince spirits, and rulers of the darkness of this world. And they are on this earth to hinder you, to disrupt you, and even destroy you and all the purposes that God has for us because they are after one thing, and that is your soul. Thank you for listening to Heavenly Warriors. You can find the show notes for this episode at heavenlywarriors.com. If you join our mailing list while you're there, we'll send you something free as a thank you. Once again, this podcast is sponsored by my newest book, Boxing Blindfolded with Demons, which can be found at rickbellwriting.com, R-I-C-K-B-E-L-L-W-R-I-T-I-N-G.com, and Dr. Joy Jeffrey Pugh's newest book, Beastmark, which can be found at her website, drjoy.com. That's D-R-J-O-Y-E.com. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe to Heavenly Warriors and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and Audible. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Heavenly Warriors podcast? Please send them a link to this episode. We only grow when our listeners share the podcasts, and we really appreciate it. May God bless you. Until next time.